it's a lot easier once you do it a thousand times. Yeah. That's what they all say. Well, what's the what's the saying that was on uh, Cat Dog? If you do something twenty one times, it becomes a habit. <laughs> Andy, I cannot for the life of me call anything from Cat Dog. I'm so terribly sorry. Wow, imagine being that out of date. Excuse me, <laughs> you're the out of date one. Cat Dog? No, that's a very modern show. It's yeah. only been off the air for fifteen years. Only. Hmm. Everybody, welcome to episode 57 of the Grammy Boys. I am your host, Andy. This is your other host, Nikki. And today we have hey. our very cool and special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the funniest man in Rochester, Henry Liebentritt. <laughs> that, that is... Oh, you're that not Chester? Very, that is very sweet of you. Yes, I am. Can you give me your home address since we're doxing you at the beginning, <laughs> Andy? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, probably not that. If there's one very dedicated Grammy Boys fan who's been going off of what city we're in, uh, he, he's gotten everyone. Or they. Who knows? <laughs> who's our most... One, one Spider-Man or woman. No one knows. Sorry. The No Way Home came out on Blu-ray today, uh, so I've been re-watching Spider-Man movies. How is it? Uh, you, did you not see No Way Home in the theaters, Nikki? The last superhero movie I saw was Black Panther. Nikki has no idea what happened at Endgame, everyone. Don't tell me. I, I haven't seen Endgame. And I'm okay with that. I don't need your judgment, Andy. <laughs> okay, it's okay. Nikki. Uh, so well, Martin, Martin Scorsese over here. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki's eyebrows are far less bushy. <laughs> Much more groomed. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, nice. this week we are talking about the hit 2010 album of the year, or 2011 album of the year, 2010 release, Arcade Fire's The Suburbs. Oh my god. Uh, so, we brought Henry on because Henry's the only person I had ever met in history who enjoyed this album. Uh, <laughs> thank you, I, gu I guess. I, uh... No, no, no. It is... <laughs> That definitely came off as an insult, Andy. It did I, not. It's not, not if, you, if you to. if you want if you want me to like artificially inflate the score of this album by the end of the no episode, no 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 no. You're, to do. <laughs> you're you're the only person who I believe to have liked it. Uh, because okay. anytime I've mentioned this album to anyone else, they've been like, "Yeah, no, that that's that's not good." Uh, Nikki, I don't know if you've ever listened to this album before. This, I have not. No, but I will say, Andy, you're about to meet. Uh, one half of another person that liked this album. That's Ooh. disgusting. Uh, when this album came out in 2010, I actually did listen to it mm -hmm. uh, because I heard one of the singles. What single? Uh, and uh, da, I forget the name of all these songs. <laughs> we used to wait. Okay, that was a single song. Yes. So uh, so also Andy. Uh, Prior to this, did you listen to Funeral or Neon Bible? This is the only Arcade Fire record I ever listened to, and I okay. listened to it. My, I have not listened to it uh, probably since 2014, 2013. 
and I just my opinion of it did not change that much. Hmm. Uh, Henry, what is your experience with this record beyond? Okay, so I originally knew Arcade Fire from Funeral um, because for I don't know how I came into uh, contact with that album, but I just was, happened to listen to it and I just happened to really like it. And then I've been getting into the habit of like going to my local uh, record store, the Record Archive in Rochester, to get mm-hmm. um, physical CDs because I still do like uh, the physical CDs and yeah. they just happened to have their other albums. So I'm like, all right, let's give it a shot. Um, so, so I do have every album off of secondhand. So I've definitely listened to each of them a, a few times. So I'll, I'll say right off the bat, the suburbs is not my favorite album of theirs. It's, hmm. it's pretty interesting how this one kind of became their most famous work through the Grammys. It's interesting. It's got the same issue that, you know, some of the other albums we've done, Two Against Nature and Morning Phase, uh, you know, albums like that where the artist maybe shouldn't be recognized for that album. Yeah, for Morning Phase where it's like, hey, uh, this is Beck's eighth best album. Let's give it album of the year. <laughs> so, like, 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 no, let's not give it to Odelay. Let's not give it to, you know, Mutations or Midnight Vultures. No, let's give it to, let's, let's give it I to Morning Phase. Yeah, it's, and you know, the, the, being as far into this award as me and Nikki are, uh, we've become so disillusioned with how much it means uh, and how much the Grammys mean in general. But, like, you know, the, it, it's interesting to see when an artist is decided to be recognized, you know? Sure. And it's also interesting looking at the other nominees for the year, if you have that list. Yes, I have it right up, and I was about to uh, transition into that. Thank you, Henry. There you go. <laughs> you're welcome. Sorry, uh, sorry for totally usurping your role on accident. Nah, you're good. You can describe okay. the album art in a second if you want. Hey, I know hey, <laughs> hey, that's my job. <laughs> what do you think you're doing? So, this is I've the overstayed my welcome. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> this has been fun. This is the 2011 winner, uh, The Suburbs by Arcade Fire, that it beat out The Fame Monster by Lady Gaga. Wow. Uh, Need You Now by Lady Antebellum. Mm. Recovery by Anima- eh, Eminem. Uh, really? And Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. Really? Which, it beat out, you know, I, I don't know about Recovery, but I, I know that Need You Now and Teenage Dream are the two respective artists' biggest hits in their career. So I'm amazed that this beat out that. What, what's interesting is if you look at every other album on that list except for Teenage Dream, like Recovery then won Rap Album, mm-hmm. uh, Need You Now won Record of the Year, and Lady Gaga won Pop Performance for Bad Romance, I think. So like every other nominee with the exception of Teenage Dream like did get recognized. So mm. I do wonder if that, I don't know if that skewed it or like if being you know, Lady Antebellum, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga. Maybe it split the vote. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, it, the only other uh, award I'm pretty sure this one won at the Grammy was Best Album Art, uh, unless I am mistaken. Nikki, I what? I'm the fact checker now. You've always been the fact checker. Well, oh, this was nominated for Best Alternative Album. So, yeah, I thought that was funny too. How it Good did not an alternative album. Win. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, the precedent of that is always weird because this year John Batiste won after winning five awards, but other years you don't need to win your own. Ca- I don't know. 
Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the Grammys are a corrupt organization with secret committees. <laughs> Not anymore. Is, they got rid of their secret committees thanks to the weekend. Thank God. Is is does this remain the only indie album to win? Or it was it the first and now there's been a few more? I mean, I think it's just this, and if you really want to consider Beck. <laughs> what is uh, Beck you anymore? Know, may, maybe. Oh, I'm not sure. Uh no, that's Daft Punk, Beck. Yeah, no. Uh, just just this, really. Indie rock. Is Would you call Mumford & Sons indie rock? I mean, I guess. But that, that has an entirely different vibe, is the thing. Well, what, what the hell does indie mean? <laughs> what constitutes indie? <laughs> you tell me, Andy. Uh, Wikipedia calls it indie folk. This is not. I would not put folk anywhere on this. I guess you know. No, the I mean, I mean, Babel by a Mumford and Sons. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess I would just. I don't know. Folk rock is for Babel. Nikki, would you please like to describe the album art? Begrudgingly, um, <laughs> I actually. <laughs> see, I'm glad someone still likes my jokes. Um, I I actually really do like this album cover. Um, I think it's it, it's very much a. Um, like aesthetic y. Uh, so we have where to start? We have a car, all right? And it looks like a movie car, like a small car that only has two seats because it's like the 60s. I don't know, maybe there's a back seat. But anyway, it's like a small little sedan. It looks kind of dark, maybe black. Who, who knows? Maybe it could even be a dark fuchsia. Um, and uh, it is parked in front of someone's house. Um, rather than make out point, um, the house is red. It looks like a barn. There are three windows that I can see. Um, it could be made of brick. It could be made of wood. It could be made of stucco. Um, we also have in front, in between the house and the car, a, what I assume to be like a palm tree. Um, it, it has it has the bark of one, and it's very flowy with the leaves. Kind of looks like a palm tree. It's colored green. And then to the right, we have another bush. That is colored red. I don't think that's what the bush looks like in real life. I don't even know if this is a real picture. Um, and this, the, uh, there's some effects over the entire image, which make it kind of look like we're in like a... Um, I don't know. This looks like pre-vaporwave uh, aesthetic. <laughs> Uh, we have it kind of there's this grainy film footage to it like it almost looks like like a like a CCTV look um it kind of looks like the car is like in front of the um of the effects so it kind of looks like you're watching a movie um but then the car has its own effects so maybe we're the movie uh and then you have the you have arcade fire as a logo in the top right corner how did i do great job nikki thanks uh only got like so, five yeah. more of these. This is all one of two albums to win best album art as well as best album of the year. Uh, the other being Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. So I think that is an interesting fact. What did it uh, win? Best album art. Oh, yeah, it's it's good art. I like the art. I think it's cool. Um, there's not enough uh, uh, blue. There's uh, a lot of green, too much red. That's that's how I feel. Interesting. It does have kind of a washed out feel, but in it definitely an intentional way. Yeah. 
I imagine finding this in a record bin, uh, it just looks like it's been there for a thousand years, except it's, you know, that's how it looks. Yeah. It's kind of got the, it's got a similar vibe as the U2 album, uh, Two Against Nature, except this one seems like you actually, it, I think it gives me the vibe that they wanted the U2 album to give me, if that makes sense, of just kind of like deserty. Deserty. Yeah. There's a palm tree. Beachy, deserty, you know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a lot about suburban Houston. I don't I don't know if there are palm trees there. There could be, for all I know. <laughs> you know. To me, they, they talked about we'll get into it with the lyrics, but they talked a lot about <laughs> fucking San Francisco on this album. Oh my god. Made it sound was, like it got fucking blown up. Was this made in Houston? I thought they were Canadian. Psst. Well, uh, so like the main guy, Win Butler, he's from Houston. Oh, and okay. So is so is his brother, who was in the band until very recently, I believe. I'm not very sure. interesting. But Houston, but Texas. yeah, they're yeah they're Houston extracts, and the rest <laughs> of them are from Montreal. So interesting. Why the fuck do they mention S- San Francisco so much on this goddamn album? Well, who's to say they've not been there or spent some time there, Andy? Yeah, maybe they like it. Sure. <laughs> I listen. I've I've been I've been to you know Albany. I've been to Asbury Park. I'm not writing songs about them. You don't. Well, you're not writing songs about Syracuse neither. No, Nor do you have to. There, are, if you search Syracuse, New York, there are plenty of songs about it on Spotify, which is concerning. You know, quick aside. Um, a friend of mine showed me. There's this artist on Spotify, whose name is something along the lines of like the guy who sings songs about cities or something. And he writes, like, these, like, one-and-a-half-minute songs that have, like, thousands of plays, um, and they're all titled about... um, They're all titled, like, names of, like, small to medium-sized towns or cities in in America. And there's there's song... I think he has a song about Rochester. He has a song about Syracuse, because I heard it. Um, and he even has a song about Clay, New York, uh, which I found interesting. Um, or was it Cicero? Uh, either way, these very, like, it's a very, like, niche obscure thing, but, um, there's not much to it. I think it's just him and a guitar with maybe some, some, like, MIDI drums and bass. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's, he's doing better than all of us. He's writing songs about every city. So I looked at him on Spotify. He's got the most piercing eyes. Oh my God. Oh so? uh, yeah, he's scary. He's a scary guy. <laughs> Andy, don't, haven't you ever heard? Uh, don't judge a book by its cover. I judge every book by every cover. Really? Did you judge this album when you saw it the first time? Maybe that was twelve or fourteen or whatever the fuck. I don't mm. remember. Mm. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, going right into the track listing. God the first damn it. Album. The the first track on the album, the title track, "The Suburbs," and. It starts off with the hokiest sounding piano in all of human existence. Andy, I can't believe you you abs- you really didn't like this record. I'm going to side with Henry today. And you're going to have to you're going to have to sit with it, Andy. You're going to have to you have to hear fine. me make my case. I hope your passion Andy, comes Andy across. Andy expected <laughs> Andy expected like an hour of me defending this album and all of a sudden the tables have turned. Yeah, we're, I, here, we're here to attack Andy. That's what's. I'm simply here to <laughs> be a little episode. goblin. 
<laughs> oh, Goblin Man. <laughs> mm, suburban Mark uh, Bob. <laughs> all right, Andy, okay, talk about t- it. Talk about it. Talk about the, the suburban fucking title track. Everything. All right, I got this. The piano is fucking whack. The mix is whack. Everything's occupying the same vocal frequency. The lead singer sounds like if the killers were bored. The guitar is weirdly ambient and is the only thing that's actually coming through in the mix. Uh, Yeah, and it's a weird... Lyrically, this song is just about, you know, getting old and yearning for the days of youth is what I can make from it. Uh, Also... Side note, they released this song and another song as a joint single. The Suburbs in Month of May were the first singles for this album. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, so, interesting point to make. Uh, Nikki, Henry, please tell me why you guys love this song so much. Henry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, if I had uh, one thing that I didn't like about this album, in my opinion, I do say, I would argue it starts a little slow. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what I say about this because this is an hour plus record, so um, it does start out that way. I don't know. I just think this is definitely the this is the introductory. Just like here, here's this world we've created. Is it the suburbs? Is there a nuclear apocalypse? <laughs> is there is the city destroyed? Are we rebuilding it? Are we just living in the rubble? It's like I don't know. I just. Like there are definitely themes on the album. I don't think they, I don't think they like conclusively say one thing though. Yeah, I mean, this was a weird time in music where everyone decided that what if we frame use the framing device of a nuclear war, uh, like Imagine Dragons or uh, other fun little art like U uh, two at the time. Uh, Nikki, what <laughs> what did you think? Funny that no one's um, making those comparisons right now. <laughs> hmm. Feels a little bit too close to home. Um. I thought this was a decent introduction. Uh, the It was very, uh, I described it as jovial in the beginning. Like, there's this very just, like, upbeat, sort of uplifting, like, sunshines and rainbows. Um, it has, in this track and in most of the record, it has, in the majority of spots, uh, like, a, just a typical rock band feel. You know, Mm -hmm. like you have the lead vocal howling, you have the guitars strumming, you have the bass basing, um, and the drums going bam, bam, bam. Uh, There was the bass I noticed was very upfront um, on this track, and a couple of others too. Uh, This one I I did kind of like it though. It 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 had this very dark undertone to it, Um, and then the the synth strings that kind of show up towards the middle. Um, there's a lot of thin strings on this record. Uh, the ending for me had this very uneasy feeling with those strings kind of winding up and up and up. Um, I I will say that I have a wonderful uh, obsession with the concept of what the suburbs are and what like suburbia is as a as a, as an idea. Um, and I think, well, because I grew up in a very rural area. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, like, I've always kind of fantasized about, like, what the hell a suburb is. Like, oh, like, everyone lives next to each other and there's sidewalks. Um, I lived on a private dirt road, Henry, for, for context um, for most of my yeah. life or growing up. And so to go anywhere, I would need a car, um, which I did not have until <laughs> until college. Um, so uh, so I, fi- I, I think that this song, I say that because I think that this song kind of captures that sort of energy 
um, that sort of fantasy that I have of like what suburbia is of this like sort of like magical dreamscape, but there's something wrong with it. Like in it, there's like some sort of like dark mm. underbelly. And I think that's that's a concept I think that they explore sonically, interestingly enough, on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, lyrically, not so much. Um, there wasn't a lot of lyrics that, that really stuck out with me other than the bad ones. Um, but uh, sonically, I think it was Fair. a decent start. Yeah, they ha- they have said about this that it isn't like a love letter or a hate letter to the suburbs. It's just kind of what they, just kind of their thoughts about it, like mm-hmm. like good and bad, you know, neutral. So it yeah, it doesn't really say the suburbs are good or the suburbs are bad. It's just like well, there's a lot of things with the suburbs, aren't there? Yeah, there are people there. I can't fucking type. Oh, the next word I want. There we go. Uh, yeah, next track. Ready to start. Uh, this is a song that's not about vampires. What? The ready to start. Uh, the first thing is businessmen drink my blood. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like the kids in art school said they would. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> the lyrics for this song were a little <laughs> hokey. I know this is probably an anti-capitalist song, but at, starting out with that is just like, it's Your Dracula. <laughs> yeah, you know me. I'm just sitting at home being like, ah, I need more music that hates capitalism. It's not like there are whole genres about that. I need more Dracula core, <laughs> says Andy. <laughs> Where's my Transylvanian metal? Uh, you know, this this song was more of the same for that. Uh, it has a pretty weird guitar rift in the first half that I, you know, it was fine. Uh, I think a lot of the instrumentally that what this album tries to does kind of gets bl- blended in, in the first half of the album. I, I, I think we talked about it a little bit like, yeah, this album does start a little weirdly. I definitely think the songs yeah. that I enjoy more are all on the B side. Uh, That's fair. You know, you know, this and the next few songs, especially, I think, were did kind of slog it down a bit. But and if anyone has any thoughts on uh, ready to start, please. I mean, no, not really. I mean, it definitely is like, as you pointed out, it is pretty like. Like, like song one was like, um here's the introduction to the suburbs and this song is like here's our introduction to who we are and our place in the suburbs so Mm. it's definitely like hey here's this world that's going to drink our blood allegedly but okay how do we how do we live with that how do we how do we move how do we move about in the world with that information Mm -hmm. I, i will say that this album does you know tell its story very well Yes. The lyrics mm. do come across very clearly of what it's trying to convey a lot better than, you know, Casey Musgraves ever could. Uh, I, do, I do wonder if that's why it got, if, if that's one of the reasons that a lot of people voted for it, that they really, either they connected with it or they just mm. recognized what it was. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, the Recording Academy is this shadow entity of people. Like, how. Oh, sure. The All the executives that are on it. Like, how, how much do they really relate to this? And. I don't know. Nick, Nikki, did you have any thoughts on this song? Well, they probably live in the suburbs, Andy. The most. I mean, they them. live in like <laughs> mansion, mansion suburbs. Yeah, they Los live Angeles. in the Los Angeles. Yeah, they live in goddamn Calabasas. But those are still the, those are the suburbs that people dream about. That, Is that Malibu they, a suburb? <laughs> probably. Um, 
what did I think? I li- I liked it. I thought it was okay. Well, it was okay. Um, it had this abrupt ending. All of these tracks. Now I'm getting ahead of myself, but you know, there, there's the majority of these tracks have oh, a great thing going for them and a and a bad thing going for them, which is that they uh, the majority of them have very smooth transitions from one ending to the next, but then mm. the other songs have these fucking shitty fade outs, um, that just end. Uh, so like ag- abruptly, this song didn't. I don't. This song actually didn't fade out, but it did just end all of a sudden. Um, oh wait, I wrote that it worked nicely. Never mind. I'm not. I'm not angry yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you just confuse it for another song? Yeah, I I I was upset about the next song, Modern Man, that oh, had a fade yep, out and fair. I did not like. Um, but ready to start. I did like that it had a smooth transition from the fir- from the first track to the next. Yes. Um. It was very this track and many other tracks. I'm gonna say that like all tonight. Um, was a, was very nostalgia tinged. A lot of nostalgia vibes. Had these eighty synth mm-hmm. uh, strings and leads just kind of showing up in the chorus area. Uh, very fast synths coming in towards the end, just pulsating, going do 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 do. Um, and yes, and it did end abruptly, which I which I thought in this instance worked worked pretty nicely. So so that's how, that's that's this track for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Next track, Modern Man. Uh, this one was a little bit different. Uh, I think the kit was mixed differently on this. Like, you could hear the snare a lot more clearly. Uh, mm. You know, the, the more lowly mixed vocal, um, lowly mixed instruments. Eh, fuck. More lowly mixed instruments and uh, mumble vocals from uh, what I heard. Uh this was one of those albums that I had to like check my fucking monitors to make sure I didn't have fucked up sound, <laughs> uh, just because of how tightly everything was mixed. Uh, but you know, it, it was more of the same. It was a nice continuation of the themes we had already set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really think there's anything like like important about this track compared to like the rest of them. I don't know in terms of like theming or what is said in the song like i don't mm-hmm. know this is definitely like i don't know this is one i don't feel like strongly about mm-hmm. well yeah this was definitely this one feels it felt like a fit like this one wasn't a single it just kind of was here you know with ha- when when half of your album is singles it's kind of prominently highlights which ones you thought were the higher art and versus the yeah. ones that you made to fill time mm-hmm um, I did note something different about this song, which is that there are points where the time signature changes, um, especially towards the beginning. Like it kind of feels off kilter, and I was counting it where some track, some measures are in four four, but then uh, sometimes they add a um, like a, a fifth a fifth beat. So the introduction like really threw me off, but it kind of worked out. It also kind of didn't. It didn't really go anywhere for me. A lot of these tracks, um, they don't they don't really go in the places like they don't go anywhere from like where they start out. Like they just kind of have mm-hmm. their they establish the instrumentation and then like some things happen, but then it just kind of goes back to to the beginning. Um, and of course, uh, as I said earlier, fade out, which abrupted, uh, which faded abruptly, and I was pissed about it. So that's how I feel. Yeah, the the first half of this album really makes use of fade outs. Yeah. Uh, next track, Rococo, uh, 
and I Googled it, Rococo was a ornate fashion movement in the 1800s. Uh, and this song, you know, was very interesting. Like, I think it definitely had the most unique texture of a song uh, at this point in the album. Like, it had a shaker. It was a bit differently paced. Uh, you know, they all, the fucking Rococo at the end. Uh, yeah. Lyrically, this was a very anti-hipster song, uh, except this is what I imagined 2010 hipsters listening to, so I think it's very funny like that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so far this would probably be, like, my favorite song from the album, uh, at least the first four, or probably even the first yeah. half of the album. This is actually a decent song. Yeah, I like it. I like the instrumentation. I like the how the background vocals, like, they go with the strings. And mm-hmm. just if you ever if you ever wanted to learn how the word Rococo is pronounced, well, this uh, this track, as you covered, <laughs> they say it about like the chorus is just them <laughs> yelling Rococo at you. Mm. I feel like, you know, this was an, this. they probably flubbed that at least one or two times live. I would have loved to see that. <laughs> just <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Possible. As, as someone who flubs things a lot vocally uh, throughout the year of having this podcast, it would make me feel so much better. Uh, Nikki, do you have any thoughts? Yes, plenty. Um, I was not too sold on this track. I was not a fan of the hook. I thought the repetition of Rococo, 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 it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't sit right with me. Um, the just there was this like sort of g- distorted guitar solo um mm-hmm. towards towards the end and it was like just drenched in this like heavy uh noise like this it was really just like lost in in this like heavy um like uh what do you call kind of like a tv feedback loop you know just all this noise um and i i wish i wish it was brought out a little bit more um there was these straight eighth notes that played like the majority of the track of the it was just like da 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 and it was a little uh, jarring for me, um, but I did like the shimmering string passages where sometimes it was beautiful, sometimes it was spooky, um, but overall I was um, not too. It, it was just another another meh track for me. Mm. Interesting. I think this is the best one so far, and you don't think very fondly of it. Andy, shut the fuck up. Stop talking. <laughs> Where's my Stop mind? disagreeing with me. Uh, I've had enough. Oh, uh, 50, only, only seven more episodes. Only, this? only a handful more to go. God damn it. You know, if you count the bonus episode, we're, we're officially, I think, oh, yeah. past uh, Failson in number count. No, yeah, we have, <laughs> next, next week we're passing Failson. But who's counting, Henry? Yeah, I've been on much less episodes of this show than on Fail Sun, so... Henry, you want to be on the next seven episodes? (laughs) Be our guest. Isn't there a U2 album? Mm, There is one U2 album left. Mm. I think we were saving that for Ben or Paul. For (laughs) last? Not for last. God, no, 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 no. (laughs) That should be our last one. Maybe. That's going to be our last one. You get every prior guest. You get Ben, you get Chelsea, you get Tim, you get Javison. And you all we, collectively give it like a 12. We make sure, we make them do one idea, track. Actually. Yeah, yeah. We get Andy, their opinions for let's one get, track. Let's get multiple guests on in this in one episode. That's a great idea. 
That sounds like so much work for me, and it, it, not is, only, it is so much work. Not only in editing, Nikki, but also in getting everyone to fucking say something. Also making them all, <laughs> getting them all to fucking listen to it. I gotta call up Tim and Jameson, be like, "Hey, you I, know, sorry, hey. I, I, I'm just, I'm just imagining like the most chaotic Zoom call where everyone like wants to say something, but then there's like tracks where like nobody has anything to say. <laughs> it's just an hour and a half of. Uh, uh, oh, uh, sorry, I was gonna. Uh, oh my oh, god. <laughs> It's just an hour and a half of the Kyle and Tim talking to each other because they haven't talked in you know almost a year now. It's just a it's just a, a fail son uh, crossover episode. Yeah, That's canonically they have not talked in a year. Can I? <laughs> the, the out of context fails in pod account has been starving for content. <laughs> canonically. <laughs> All right, next room. What's the next At track? Next track. Empty room. Next room. Uh, Fuck. Oof. This one started out with the really cool string intro that fucking blended into uh, wild electric guitar playing. Uh, the yeah. bass player was working very hard on this track. Uh, and I had to Google the lyrics to this one because I couldn't understand what the fuck they were saying. I, I, I do dig the instrumentation on this one. Yeah, this one, you know, texturally was a very unique song, and it definitely made me perk up a little bit. Yeah. Nikki, did you, Nikki Henry, did you have any expanded <laughs> thoughts on this song? <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, it's really just more about the, it's more about the musical atmosphere of this one, and I just, yeah. I just, I just, yeah, the opening, the strings are, and then yeah, it just goes into the guitar, and as you said, the bass. Like I, that's what I, that's what I take away from this, from this track whenever I hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the last half of this song is in French, uh, showing their Canadian side. Well, she it, she's from know. Haiti as well, so I mean, oh shit, it's it's like she's like as like legit legitimately french speaking so they they do they do that with their albums yeah they will have sections in in french which... yeah they're not just pandering andy oh you know <laughs> no, pandering just, to the Qu- be... to quebec providence yeah all the, all the quebec <laughs> got it they gotta keep that quebec market <laughs> huge montreal huge montreal fan base guys i don't know what you're talking about oh my god uh um, the next track oh you didn't Excuse me. Sorry. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, you should be sorry. Um, yeah, I like this track. Okay. <laughs> uh, next track, uh, City With No Children, which the only thing I could surmise from this track is Capitalism Bad. The, okay, first of all, I don't know, Andy, I don't know what your thought about the bass is in this song. It but, was... But I, I did. Very cute. I... I yeah, do 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 do. I don't know, and I don't know lyrically. I I just really enjoy this one. This is this is definitely the one where I remember the lyrics most of the time, or mm-hmm. like I remember a lot of them that I li- when I listen to it. Like the one where it's like um, uh, drum type drove home to Houston highway that was underground, no light that we could see as we listened to the sound of the engine failing. Like I don't know, like something about that. Like I just know what 
feeling he's talking about <laughs> of just mm-hmm. like here's this here's this like um shitty thing that's happening that's in front of us but we can't really we're not really going to talk about it because we all know and like i don't know there's something about the mood of this song that just i that just grabs me and like i guess i relate to well yeah no henry like uh two things you know absolutely the bassist on this album is the fucking hardest working guy on this album it sounds like uh i love a lot of the bass on this album uh it's a shame it's so buried in the mix uh but no like I think lyrically this is one of their clearest like aesthetics that they're trying to push like you know yeah going home like fucking wanting to go home and like the rain I think like the rain part I thought was like about nuclear fallout rain uh but you know oh. end of the world cuz like they're hiding su- under Are you suggest are you suggesting the lyric uh, never trust a millionaire quoting the sermon on the mount might be anti-capitalist? You know, I, it's, you know, between that and the vampire businessmen, I just think maybe they <laughs> aren't big fans of capitalism might. in this album. Might. Yeah, might. they might. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Assumedly. Nikki, what, what were your thoughts on the track? I didn't have much to say. It didn't really keep my attention. Um, so that's all that I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, next track, uh, part one of two of the song Half Light. Uh, I think this was the clearest mix so far yet on the album. Uh, I really dug mm. the transient vocals on it. Uh, I was not a fan of the drum kit here at all, though. Uh, I think for a part one, you know, it's interesting how different they made their part one and two tracks. Uh, this, both this, uh, series and also, uh, Sprawl later in the album. I thought they part one and part two of those tracks were so different from each other uh if anything the first half yeah. of half light and sprawl were more similar than half light one and two uh but no i really thought that this was a good end start to the end of the a side of this record uh you know as, as much as i don't like this uh record you know i do think that getting into these next few songs is a really upswing of it yeah this is the this is definitely the yeah, the the middle few songs are where it starts to, mm-hmm. excuse me, ramp up in terms of, yeah, the theming and what they're talking about. So absolutely, and yeah, this is this is one where I think it's the only other song than Rococo where both vocalists sing together. Yeah, at least mm. primarily sharing lead vocals. So I don't know. I like the the I like the vocals of the song as well. And yeah, the trend and. As when we'll get to the second half, the transition into it, I liked. So yeah, mm. Def- definitely a slower one, but again, ramping up into the end yeah of the first half. Nikki, did you? What did you think? I uh, I enjoyed this track. I liked the grandiosity of it. Um, it felt very psychedelic for me. Um, the way that the guitar. Um, I mentioned previously in a previous track that the 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 main sort of rhythm was these like straight eighth notes, and the same thing is going on in this track. Except I found it for some reason to be a, a lot more enjoyable. Um, I think I think just the uh, sonic tone of it it was just a lot more wavy and and free flowing. Um, I liked how the track faded into something really majestic sounding, and um, and also again like the strings here I'm just added to the sort of psych uh aesthetic so um yeah i I really liked it yeah it it was a cool way to start the end of the first half uh i will say half light two the next track 
I thought that this was a much better vocal styling for the lead vocalist. Uh, I am amazed that they didn't go for something like this a bit more throughout the album. Uh, the drums were the best that they've been so far on the album on this track. Uh, I thought this was... Um, I wish the whole album sounded like this track. And we get to talk about San Francisco now. I know. Because that's how it opens. <laughs> it's, you know... this It makes it sound like San Francisco died in the nuclear holocaust 10 years ago. Well, oh, right, God. exactly. This is This is where it kind of starts to, like... Oh, did we mention there's a Holocaust? Oh, because the next couple songs are going to be about like how uh, humanity ruined itself. So. The de- the death of humanity is any day now, guys. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, yeah, that's fair. The vocals are def- they definitely are different than the rest of the album. So I will agree with that. And yeah, just a good continuation of the first while also being different. Like it didn't feel like they put. Like oh this one ha- this one's half light one this one's half light two, mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't put it on willy nilly it did feel like they did connect yeah even when compared to the rest of the album so I do like it as pretty much the second half of of uh, half light. Well, well, one thing I will say about this album that I actually this album does is really well like it keeps a consistent tone and also a lot of the songs are really unique from each other and that's something a lot of the albums that we've done on this show don't have. Uh, you know, the fucking Glenn Campbell album back in episode, what, 30-something? Like, 20-something? Like, this album, you know, it does keep a consistent theme while still differentiating each track. And each track, I feel like, does have a purpose. Uh, very little on this album actually could have been cut for the length, you know? That's fair. Yeah, no, no, tr- no, um, like, every track, um, like, it, there's there's not much fat on these tracks like yeah very the length that they needed to be it doesn't feel like well okay there's a minute solo in here you could have gotten rid of it's like no they all they all work but yeah they use their time well Hmm. yes nikki have any thoughts yes uh so uh (laughs) what i found interesting is how the the driving rhythm of Half Light One uh, was eighth notes, as I said, but the driving rhythm of Half Light Two was sixteenth notes. Um, so clearly there was a a, pro- a progression, a continued motion from the last track. I liked again the transition, the string transition. There was one held uh, string note from Half Half Light One that turns into this very wobbly synth lead in Half Life Half Light Two, um, and uh, I thought. This is where I began to feel like the mixing of this album felt like the cover of the album, which is that there's a lot of color, but there's a sort of like faded vintage feel to it. Um, And I don't know if I like that or if I hate that, but I do think that it it was intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, Just how, like, there's something there's a sort of brightness that's being held back uh, that I wish would come out at times, but I think it plays into their themes of, um, I guess, nuclear disaster or whatever. Um, I actually, that didn't really catch on. Well, you know, that didn't catch on to me until you all said it, but because I saw the lyric, I was like, now that San Francisco's gone, I was like, what do you mean? It's still there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I felt, I feel like this song and a lot of this album by and large belongs on the Love Simon soundtrack. Um, I, that was a great Is there movie, a nuclear the war in Love Simon? No, but like that, that's, that movie is very like peak, I think, like peak 2010s suburbia. Um, just like how it's kind of, like everything's okay and it's just full of white people. Um that's that's what this album <laughs> this album is. Uh I think this song could fit very well in the soundtrack. I checked to actually see if it was included. It was not. It instead had Khalid. Um so that's that's the end of the side of the A side. Yes. You bring up a good point about the artwork too. Like there are albums. Thanks, Henry. Even once Oh, that's so yeah, nice yeah, of no you. Problem. Well, but I'm thinking like even albums that I love, there are albums that I just adore like i would give it like near 10 out of 10s but the artwork i'm like okay why is this the artwork like this has nothing to like it it feels disconnected almost like okay it's good artwork it's a good album but how do they correlate other than the the producer decide to slap it on there like this the art direction really does like it does it does uh serve well to the album itself like if you listen to the songs, then look at the art. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, there's I, you know, there's arguments you could say for both sides, but I think that the album cover uh, enhances the listening experience um, yeah. to a degree where I think you should. Like I think about this for my own for my own music. Like when I'm releasing something, like I want people to see the cover and to think like this is the sort of world that I'm entering. Like whatever that is, if it's an image or a setting or like an action, like whatever's going on in that image, like that is the window. That's the visual window that can then kind of play the movie in your mind of like what mm-hmm. you're hearing. Um, I I have the, we've had a couple album covers like this, but I have a big criticism in general of. Like, there's plenty of, I think, uh, I mean, back when in, in the 20th century when recording was was very, very exclusively, like, more business-oriented, um, a lot of the covers you would see for, like, CDs uh, or vinyls of, like, cover art, like, it would be the performer, and they're just kind of making, like, a general pose, and then you have, like, the text over it. But there's nothing, yeah. like, going on there, you know? It's very commercial just to be, like, this is the guy singing the hits. Um but I, I really like how, over time, um, people have put a lot more thought into their album covers, or, or even the industry has put more thought into, into the album cover and integrating it very well with, mm-hmm. um, with the music, uh, making it part of the music. And I think that this album cover, I think, uh, absolutely uh, exemplifies that in how, as I was noting in my original point, um, the, the mixing really inv- um, uh, feels uh, in strong correlation with the visual aesthetic that that has accompanied the the album right andy i agree uh i think (laughs) no i agree nikki one that once we get to the song uh the one that i got that first brought me to this album so many years ago uh we'll talk a bit more about aesthetically and like cool how that's actually how i discovered this band and this album and this song uh we'll talk about uh we used to wait uh and then from Mm -hmm. there you will see my opinions on aesthetics for this album but you know you're right you know i think this is a far cry from when albums were literally just pictures of the person you know and that's not to say you can't get the aesthetic across to like a picture of yourself but you know thinking of specifically like the bonnie Raitt album 
uh, where it's literally just yeah. like a pic- picture of her standing like, and it's like, you know, that, that, that's all that is. And, you know, there's no, not, that's not a bad thing. It's just is different. It's, it helps establish the vibe you're trying to put out into the world. Yeah. And going into the next song now. Uh, Thank God. Sub- Suburban War. Uh, this one, I have the lyrics up, uh, you know, is a very, from what I can d- divine, I guess, uh, you know, is a very uh, nostalgic song, you know, looking back, uh, learning to drive, kind of hanging out with old friends and not really... Uh, and kind of missing that old relationship you would have, you know, with your whether it be with your hometown or with the people you grew up with, uh, and just kind of like disassociating after you move away. Which you know, I think a very yeah, yeah. Watching you know, even like as I still live here, watching Syracuse go through changes and buildings get bought up and renovated the past few years, you know, uh, it's and it's it's a it's a sentiment that I relate to a lot, to be quite honest. Yeah, it's a very, um, we all go, like, we all go our separate ways, like, even, mm-hmm. even, like, the ones we're very close with, we're gonna go our separate ways, like, music divides us into tribes, you know, mm-hmm. I'll choose my side, you choose, you choose your side, I'll choose my side, and then goes into the war metaphor, especially with the drum at the end, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, yeah. like, so, and it has that like that march almost at the end. So yeah, mm-hmm. it, that's definitely, that's definitely the theme of this song. Like, Oh, can you really like go back because things aren't going to be the same. You're going to just drift apart with some people. That's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. That's just inevitable. Well, yeah. Even like the political side of that of like, you know, you're oh, my friend grew up to be a Republican. My friend grew up to be a Democrat, you know, that, you know, I don't know about y'all, but like, I do have friends from high school who, you know, we ended up being on different sides of the political spectrum and that kind of, you know, ended our friendship once we got to college, you know. Which, you know, happens. Oops. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> oh, no, basic human rights. Uh. <laughs> Nikki, do you have any thoughts on suburban war? Yeah. Um, uh, I thought that the... I, I, like, I, I like what you both said kind of about the... Um, the sort of lyrical side of the song. Uh, I found that his vocal performance was a little weak, uh, especially when he was hitting those high notes. I feel like he was really like trying to reach for those. It, it didn't really work out for me. Um, I like how it builds halfway through. It kind of changes the beat a little bit. And oh boy, there's Tom's, Tom's, Tom's for days uh, towards the ending. Uh, and, I, and I'm a sucker for Tom's. So, uh, but that, that was really about it. Yeah, you know. Next track, Month of May. Uh, this one had a bit more of an 80s aesthetic. Uh, I really, I think, would have liked this a lot more if the vocals were styling were more similar to what they were on Half-Light 2. Uh, but I do think this was an okay, uh, you know, an okay transition into the second half of the album continuing on. Uh, you know, it's it just kind of got lost in between, you know, Suburban War and the next song for me because those are two more... appealing songs in my opinion that's fair i mean it is fair that this was like along with the suburbs the title track released as the first single because Mm -hmm. i don't know it does kind of have that energy to it 
with the beginning the like it's it's just it just definitely does feel like the singular but also very meta mm-hmm. because they're going like it's about making a record then oh 2009 2010 well, yeah crazy you know it, they, they do a lot of meta things on this second half like i think later they're like oh well let's sing the chorus again boys uh you know i I think at this point they were very much so you know making the record i think these are songs that were made later in the production of this record almost like they went like they made each they finished each track before going on to the next one nikki what were your thoughts shit yes um i like (laughs) The wind, like, there was, like, wind or waves, like, kind of introducing the song. It had this sort of, like, EQ mm. sweep attached to it. I thought that was really cute. Um, uh, I thought that the the line, like, in the month of May, it wasn't really catchy for me. I didn't really, um, I think the, the lyrics didn't really get a lot out of me. Um, he kept repeating this line, the kids are still standing with their arms folded tight. Uh, which I was like, ooh, ooh, so edgy. Kids just, like folding their arms, like, really angrily. Like, I just had this image of, like, like a cool kid in high school that, like, has his dad's leather jacket, and, like, he's just, like, trying to look, like, super slick, but he's also, like, pretending to be angry, like, you know? Um, yeah, I don't... I didn't, I, I, I didn't get it. But, um, yeah, that was that, that, that was this track for me. I, I, I thought it was a bit of a snoozer. Um, but these, don't worry, there's were, plenty more tracks to go. These Rococo kids with their arms folded tight. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. Rococos. <laughs> These damn kids. Goddamn Rococos moving into my neighborhood, <laughs> putting in their fucking. Oh no! Oh. These avocado toast having kids. <laughs> ne- trash. N- next track, uh, wasted hour. This was a really good kickback track uh, for this album. Uh, you know. Uh, they really rely on some more synth elements here. Uh, there was a weird buzz in the background that I wasn't super big on, uh, but you know this one was a bit another nostalgic kind of lyrically. So, just speaking of kind of the album as a whole, because we we are approaching the end of it. Yes, um, I don't know what your thoughts on this. Like to me, it kind of felt like it kind of feels like a day passing. Mm-hmm. Like mm. especially towards the end, like there's definitely allusions to night. Um, in in the first part of Sprawl, which we'll get to. But it does feel like, and again, like Deep Blue, it's like getting a little darker now. And then the wasted hours are like, oh, like the day is ending. There's all these wasted hours. Mm-hmm. But also like, um, we're, because it's like, oh, if I had these hours back, like I just waste them again. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's a little too relatable. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, it's not that deep of a lyric, but it's like, yeah, same. <laughs> You know, it was, it, it, I think, you know, talking about this album has made me like it more as tend to happen on this show. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you, Henry, like this album does relate to me a lot. And the more I look into it, you know, some cities make you lose your head, endless suburbs stretched out thin and dead. There are so many fucking suburban areas in Syracuse and, you know, that's all, like, that's the only thing to do as a kid, especially was like walk around the suburbs beat the road with a stick even as an adult i it's like you know i can i'll go walk around downtown and look at restaurants that i'm not going to eat at and you know i waste time just hanging out 
And the, again, they reference uh, being kids in buses longing to be free at the end of the song. Yeah. You know, I, th- this song really does capture the growing old and disassociating vibe very well. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too, with it and it being more slow mm-hmm. and just kind of with more more focusing on, on like an acoustic guitar. Like it definitely does. Like, ca- it does. It does do that feeling well. Yeah. You know, Nikki, what did you think? I, I didn't have a lot to say. Uh, I thought the transition at the beginning again was pretty good. Um, I like the electroacoustic elements uh, of the track. Uh, it did fade way too early for me. That, and that's all I had to say. All right. Next track. Uh, this Deep Blue. Uh, this song made it... This song, I feel like, was the most skippable one on the record. Uh, it reminded me of, like, a Red Hot Chili Peppers song, almost. Uh, the way it went, starts with those la la las and all that. Uh, you know, I I didn't really like this song that much. You know, but, it, it, you know, continuing the theme, like, you know, uh, let the centuries pass me standing under the night sky. Tomorrow means nothing like getting ready for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, just. Uh, yeah, just more of like. Getting towards the end of whether it's the yeah. day or whether it's like because again, like I think from this point onward, like most of the apocalyptic things are kind of over. Yeah. Like, they, they're they not referenced nearly as much as they were in, like, the first two-thirds. But, so, this is definitely more of just introspection. Yeah, so, post-apocalypse I, and, you know. I I gotta, I wonder very much so what happened, uh, Kasparov Deep Blue, 1996. It makes, yeah. I got, I'm gonna Google that actually real quick. Because that sounds like some fucking Winter Soldier sleeper agent stuff. <laughs> Man, see. Well, let's see if the only thing that comes up is this: Deep Blue versus Gary Kasparov. Uh, was a pair of six-game chess matches between world champion Gary Kasparov and IBM supercomputer called Deep Blue. Interesting. Oh, so a little advancing technology adding to the theme, I guess. I guess, yeah. World ended, and now the computers have taken over. This is the plot of The Matrix. Would the modern equivalent be like IBM Watson 2015? Like, do we have a like a little like a little update to that? Or (laughs) they're gonna re-release the album, uh, the deluxier version. Put yeah, no deluxier. Uh, they yeah no I guess the last verse of the song is put the cell phone down a while put the laptop down for a while yeah I guess you know it fits with the rest of the song interesting yeah the advancement yeah of definitely definitely yeah more yeah definitely like oh man maybe we're t- maybe these kids with their arms folded tighter attached to their phones kids and them phones in two thousand nine all right next song uh we used to wait so this is how I first found this album. Uh, because they had, I don't know how I actually found it beyond this, but they had this interactive thing. Uh, you could put in an address into Google, uh, Google Map or from Google Maps into like a website, and it was like made a music video around the area around the address. So like if you put in your home address, the, a music video would happen on Google Maps in that context, which was the coolest thing to me as a kid. Uh, Wait, what? 
Yeah, it ha- it had like this cool interactive thing. Yeah, Wait, they had I'm a couple on the like now. a couple of their music videos are like interactive, and there's definitely a couple on this album. Yeah, I was aware that Sprawl Two did that. I wasn't sure if this one did. Yes, it was. You know, the the actual app for it was called Wilderness Downtown. Uh, you know, it 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 was the coolest thing to me as a kid. Enter address uh, of the home where you grew up. Yeah, so they they're really just trying to dox you. I think. Uh. <laughs> Arcade Fire wants to know your location. <laughs> you fucking wake up oh. the next I'm gonna wake up they're gonna be like hey heard you were talking shit <laughs> I put in my home address and I see I'm, pl- I'm playing a music video there, there's a guy running <laughs> yeah uh, Mr. Butler's gonna my street? he's gonna break into your house now get out well that's not what I want um, if you say we used to wait three times when Butler's gonna stand outside your bedroom door he is the fucking what was the fucking guy with uh, don't say his name the pee pee poo poo man the bye bye man yes oh my god that was <laughs> but, the arcade fire man so I actually do really like this song this is by far my favorite song on the record uh this is the song where they're like, sing the chorus again. Uh, yeah. The build-up to the breakdown is really nice. Uh, and it's this is the best mixed on the album. I really like this song. Uh, it actually, yeah, I, I like it too. It, it, you know, it's the most rock song on the album, I'd say. It has that piano opening, just the simple... Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, and then it ends with that almost like the electronic sound at the end. So... Yeah, it has that going for it, and yeah, it's definitely like a like a single compared to like a lot of the rest of them. But it's a solid single. Yeah, it stands I, alone. I, I enjoy it. It stands alone very yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nikki, do you have any thoughts? Oh my god, it's my house! <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's really running. Yeah, I know where this is. Okay, it's it's really poorly done, but I that it's makes from sense. 2010, okay. Nikki. I yeah oh oh I guess you're right. Um, oh, he stopped running. Okay. Um, well, I'm so sorry. We used to wait. Um, I, um, I don't know. I was a little, I was a little underwhelmed by this track. Um, I did like the piano 16th at the beginning. The, the synth bass mixed in with the chorus was, was really cool. Um, but for me, the chorus felt a lot like a pre-chorus. Like, I felt like it was building up to something, and then it, it didn't really deliver because it just went back to the verse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll, and the last thing I really had was that um, the, uh, for Apple Music, the lyrics for the song, I was following the lyrics, and towards the end, he says, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. And it's written in Apple Music saying, the first wait for it has one exclamation point, the second, the, the second wait for it has two exclamation points. And then the third wait for it had three exclamation points. The last wait for it had three exclamation points. I was really thought he was going to be like, wait for it! But he was just like, wait for it. It was just a period. Um, yeah, it was the same. It was the same. Yeah, period. so that was really... I, I blame Apple Music for that yeah, anti-climax. <laughs> I'm a little pissed. Um, that could have been something cool, but it was not. Uh, oh, I have to write a postcard now. Um... Uh, I love down. you, postcard. You used, to sign, 
used to sign your name. Oh, okay. I've I've done it. <laughs> I win. Um, but yeah, that's all I had to say for that track. Hey, dude. Home stretch now. You can get through this, Andy. <laughs> oh, thank Listen, God. I mean, the next two songs are pretty good. Sprawl uh, one and two. F- Sprawl Flatlands. Yeah. Uh, you know. I, re- I, you know, I thought, you know, leading into the next track, this was actually very good. Uh, it was, you know, pr- almost a spoken word song. It was a lot slower. Uh, everything was enunciated very clearly here. Uh, I think, you know, for the beginning of the end, it was a very good song. Yeah. Yeah. And this also, like, kind of what it, like, about the day turning into night, because they're, like, cops showing their lights on the reflections of our bikes. Do you kids know what time it is? Just like, oh, it's getting towards like the end of his day now i guess i guess we just kind of been wandering through the suburbs all day yeah exactly it it's you know i don't know if you guys ever wandered around at night in your local neighborhoods uh i was fortunate enough to grow up in a neighborhood where that was not the least safe thing to do right uh but you know i i really enjoyed you know exploring as a kid i enjoyed walking around my neighborhood and you know, you get to see a lot of cool stuff doing that. Or, you know, cool for being a kid. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then going into Sprawl 2, Mountains Beyond Mountains, uh, picking up the pace a lot more, uh, being a lot faster of a song. Uh, I think this was a great way to end the record, uh, which is a shame because it did not end here. We got yes. a weird little... You know, weird little reprise at the end. But, you know, I thought this was, you know, uh, lyrically, it kind of wrapped everything up. Uh, Dead shopping malls rise like mountains beyond mountains. You know, as someone who (laughs) is within driving distance of three dead shopping malls, you know, we rode our bikes to the nearest park. I, you know, I, I really thought that this was lyrically and instrumentally a great culmination of what the record had set before it. Uh, whether or not mm. I had enjoyed what was set before it, you know, remains on its thing. But I think I do think this was a perfect ending to this record, whether yeah. or not. Yeah, it does have the it does kind of have some sum up or like some like because the it's like, can we ever get away from the sprawl? It's like, wait a minute. We've been talking about getting out of the suburbs or like talking about moving on. But can we? And mm-hmm. yeah, that is kind of inconclusive. But at the same time, it's not untrue so it's definitely not a cop-out or anything yeah it just i just i dig this one too this is definitely one of my favorite tracks on it i think the vocals are good i like the lyric um and yeah just a very just very it's a very good finisher i agree yeah it was also the last single for the album which you know is fitting yeah Uh, i i think releasing a song that has a two in the title is a bit weird on its own but hey you know if it gets you into the album Maybe they were just like, mm. this is Mountains Beyond Mountains, the single. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, there's the last song, uh, The Suburbs Extended. Uh, which Continued. Is continued, yeah. my apologies. <laughs> uh, my God, Andy. You know, it's a we- this was a weird actual ending to the album. It was only like a minute and a half. Uh, I didn't really enjoy this part of the record too much. Yeah, but it's like over in 30 seconds. Yeah. I would yeah. I would have cut it too, but like, eh, it's it's over and done. Yeah, you know, it's a weird little outro. 
Uh, and yeah, that's the record. Nikki, do you have any thoughts on the last few tracks? Yeah, um, yeah, it kind of glossed over me these last couple of boys, huh? Um, the, I thought that, I thought that out of all of the tracks, I thought Sprawl 1 and Sprawl 2 would connect as they, as many of the other tracks did. Th- these tracks did not. They did not have like an, ov- like a transition, um, which I thought was lame, um, and again, similar to the last uh, two, the last part one and two tracks, they didn't have like an overarching sort of. Um, uh, they, they didn't have like a sonic connection to it. What like the Spar one was very like down tempo ballad, like uh, very very sad, and then Sprawl two was very upbeat and um, plucky and exciting. We had the lady lead vocals. I think that's the only time that like this the the female vocals are taking like center stage um uh, uh and not like in conjunction with the with the with male vocals um more 80s twinge to 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 wrap things up with plucky arpeggios and such um and I, yeah i didn't really care as much for the for the for the ultimate track the the suburbs continued it was a very somber reprise um i think it gives a uh it gives a like a feeling like a finality to the record that like the record wasn't really asking for uh like you're saying sprawl 2 could have been like a really good ending in that it was just like here is the ending but i think mm-hmm. that this this last like kind of post credit scene makes it feel like <laughs> there <laughs> it makes it feel like that it like wanted you to be like oh like i'm supposed to feel sad after this album uh when i think it could go in many different ways like it can be a sort of like like uh like how they were trying to uh market and uh convey the album and not being like a pro and or a con for the suburbs but this is the suburbs but i think that this uh final track kind of um contrasts with that thesis so that's how i feel yes uh so going into final thoughts and then scores henry would you like to start us off uh with just in general or the or the scores just, yeah, just wrap it up and then give it a score. Okay, so, I mean, th- I definitely wouldn't call this my favorite Arcade Fire album, but I think both in terms of, you know, an introduction to Arcade Fire, like, even if you don't dig this album, I'd say, like, that's okay. Like, it's understandable. Like, I understand that Arcade Fire as a band is not for everyone. Like, a lot of people, like, as you've kind of said before, they have kind of polarizing opinions on on them they're kind of one of those bands so um but this is definitely a decent intro if you're just thinking of giving them a shot um as for um score you said out of it's out of 63 yeah yes yes this podcast we are not updating to 64 uh we do not if listen i don't think anyone i don't think any of these albums are getting a 64 uh 63 out of 63 or whatever so it does in realness it doesn't matter but we do do one to 63 one being the absolute worst thing you've ever listened to 63 being the best okay so at the end of the day i know i'm biased since i'm a fan of the band but i'm just gonna as an album i'm giving it a 50 a 50 okay okay nikki you're up yes um i so this was my first foray really into arcade fire um i did not know anything about them before listening to this record um 
I only know them by name because I like the name Arcade Fire. That's a great <laughs> band name. Um, and I think I, I think my friend uh, had like a CD of I think Funeral in their car, and like they wouldn't change out the damn record, so <laughs> we would just hear it over and over, like every time I was in their car. Um, but it, but the, the music was always so low that I didn't know what the hell they were saying anyway. That's all I know about Arcade Fire. Um, so listening to this, I actually, I came to it with an open mind. I actually thought it was going to sound a lot like Mumford and Sons. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised that it only sounded like Mumford and Sons half of the time. Um, I would describe this if, if someone came to me, I would describe this as the male equivalent to Florence and the Machine. That's how I feel. That's how I got, well, that's what I got, uh, from sure. listening to this record. Um, I love Florence and the Machine. Let me just say that clear. I'm very excited. There's a new record coming out. Um, I'm a fucking Florence stan. I fucking love her. I love her music. I did not love Arcade Fire. Um, it was not terrible, though. And I really liked a lot of elements uh, from it. I would be interested in exploring some of their other work. Um, and so perhaps I will come back here uh, saying, Henry, I'm another, I'm a, I'm, I'm part of the club now. Who knows? Um, I thought that the music had a beautiful Baroque pop aesthetic, uh, with all these strings and a lot of electronic elements. I thought it was really great. There are some technical issues that I was not a fan of. A lot of shitty fade outs, a lot of shitty engineering, um, some songs that I thought were not as catchy, uh, that they should have been, but... I did not hate it, and I actually really liked it, and um, I would like to spend more time with it. Uh, and I think that said, I I will give this a forty out of sixty three. Forty out of sixty three, interesting. Uh, you know, I think talking with you guys definitely increased my score. You know, I think getting to discuss the lyrics with you guys uh, has made me a bit more fond of it. But you know, I still think that the mixing is really, really hard to get into if you aren't already a fan uh you know the vocal style changes a lot throughout this record especially with having two different lead vocalists uh i thought that it was a lot better in some tracks than it was in others uh but you know overall i i can't really get behind it as you know a sound that i'd be really into it does make me want to listen to other stuff by them though uh, which is why I gave this record a 15. What? Yeah, I didn't... I, listen, I just don't like the mixing, and I don't like... What the like, fuck is wrong with you? I was originally going to give it much well, more I, of a I, I, I what were you love how it was like, oh, but you know, I was like pleasantly surprised, and like, oh, I kind of want to check out 15. Hey, you know, I think you... they do a lot of interesting stuff. Are you kidding me? You, ha you blew this up. Oh, my God. You asshole. Okay, uh... <laughs> You know, I listen. I I think it's not the best record, uh, but I do think that there's a lot of elements that work really well. Can't uh, believe you. Sorry. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Just let's let's move on. I'm sad. What did you give this record, Nikki? A, a forty. Forty. Okay. My God, it wasn't so that, that does, bad. That does average it out to a thirty-five. Middle of the pack. Yeah, you know, it's right up there with Beck now. <laughs> Which, you know, I think is more than fitting. Not yeah. the best from the artist, but, you know, 
You know, I Still do there. like Beck. I do like Beck. I do like Arcade Fire. So you know what? Maybe got a point there. I, I can't. I can't call myself a, a U two fan by any means. I can't call myself a big Steely Dan fan by any means. But you know what? I'm an Arcade Fire and Beck fan. So you know what? You grouping them together makes sense. <laughs> you know, listen. I'm a Beck. I'm a Beck fan. I love Beck. Uh, just not yeah. that album specifically. That's very fair. Uh, anyway. Henry, now is the favorite part of the show where we talk about the music we've been listening to lately. Uh, if you have anything you'd like to discuss or bring to the attention of other people, now's the time to do so. Uh, yeah, what you been listening to? Okay, so I've been listening to... So I've been listening to um, the album Fashion Nugget by Cake. Um, Fashion <laughs> That's the album with the distance on it. That's a great album. I've been listening to, let's see here, just so I can look at what my Spotify has been doing recently. Uh, very recently, Pavement uh, re-released Terror Twilight, but with the tracks essentially in different order because they fought with the producer over it. So they just re-released it with the order the producer wanted, essentially. So um, because I get, I think... Hold on, let me see what other albums he made because I know that Okay, so because the he produced uh Okay Computer. Oh um, he produced um let's see. Uh Yeah, and he also also did uh, Hail to the Thief. Um, he also worked with R.E.M., Beck, and so a bunch of other albums. So mm -hmm. uh, they just they just kind of clashed on this album, so they just kind of re-released it in a different light. And uh, there's um, Guster recently released, like last year, they re-released uh, Ganging Up on the Sun with a bunch of EPs and other bonus tracks. So that's definitely a good band and a good album. So check that out. Um, and there's also this like indie band from Brooklyn I've been getting into called That Handsome Devil and the album Drugs and Guns for Everyone. Um, I've been listening to it almost daily at work for like the last two weeks. So that's a very that's a very good sign that I'm going to get sick of it soon or I will still love it. So uh, yeah, just a combination of some artists i feel that are underrated in 90s stuff okay nice the what was the artist name guns for everyone by oh it was guns and drugs for everyone by that handsome devil okay this looks cool the album art looks fucking dope actually <laughs> yeah it's it's a literal uh def interpretation of that title all right nikki you got anything Yes, um, I have a sizable amount. I will warn you, my phone is on 5%, so... All right, we'll feels... speedrun. Yeah, let me get through this. Um, uh, so, Andy, I did listen to this album you recommended by the band Soul Glow. Yes. Uh, Di Diaspora Problems. And I have to say, I didn't... I, I, I actually liked it. I didn't like it as much as I hoped I would like it. Um, it really was, as you described, um, just a man screaming for 40 minutes um, until the final track where he just starts singing and rapping, uh, and it was very pleasant. Um, I had wished that there was more of that on the record, um, but it was a good it was a good listen, and I and I uh, 
I will give you that. Um, I also, the new Jack White album came out, Fear of the Dawn, uh, which uh, I gave a listen and I also really enjoyed. Uh, Jack White, b- big big rock boy. Um, otherwise, I've just been kind of listening to some some old stuff here and there. I did listen, I've been listening a lot to the Final Fantasy IX soundtrack, <laughs> um, just because. Uh, re-listened to Capri Songs by FKA Twigs, The New Abnormal by The Strokes. Um, what else? And uh, this morning, I re-listened to Fishman's Long Season, a wonderful little uh, J-Rock a- uh, album. Um... That's really about it. And of course, I, I I can't end an episode without saying I've been listening to a lot of Nikki Kulai because uh, yes. the album is coming. And boy, am I, do I need it to fucking be done. Um, <laughs> boy, is it just not being done. So, but uh, I'm working on it. So Andy, a, dra- a full draft is going to come to you by the end of the week. Cannot wait. I, uh, I know you're on the edge of your seat. My, no, I'm actually all the way back. I'm very comfortable in this chair. <laughs> I, paid, I paid good money for this chair. Uh, as far as I go, I don't got a lot this week. You know, the usual stuff like Jeff Rosenstock, Modern Baseball. I've been playing the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack a lot lately by Seatbelts. Uh, if you've ever seen that anime, uh, I watched it earlier this year at the recommendation of Chelsea. Uh, and yeah, other, other than that, it's a pretty normal week for me in music. Nothing new or special. Andy, you did remind me, uh, you're close to finishing this podcast, so you, Tim, and I can start our modern baseball podcast. Oh, thank God. Yeah, that's what? right on my docket. No, no, no. For, Betray listen, me again. If you can get Tim Brenner to start another a fourth podcast, I'll do it. <laughs> our our, our, our uh, joke, one episode per song modern baseball podcast. It's it'll be the next big podcast. What who's the guy on YouTube who talks about them all the time? Like Jake the something. Oh, Jake. Um, I'm not. <laughs> What's Jake Paul's favorite modern baseball song? <laughs> He's a real big fan of the Nameless Ranger. Uh, Henry, <laughs> thank you so much for being on this episode with us. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Keeping in mind that this episode comes out April uh, April. 20th? <laughs> for, for April 20th. 8th. April 18th uh, is when this episode uh, comes out. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I am in a uh, comedy troupe, Nuts and Bolts, in Rochester. Our next show after this episode premieres will be May 21st and off for the summer. And uh, if you want to follow me, it's uh, Henry Liebs, L-I-E-B-S, on Twitter and Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, thank you, Andy and Nikki, for having me on. It's been a long time coming, Andy. I know we've talked about um, this album coming up for a while, so I don't know. Yeah. If you were, I don't know if you were just putting it off because you were dreading it, or you wanted to save the best for last. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we talked about this like last Fourth of July when you were up at my house, Henry. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, is Andy really dreading this that much that he's just putting it off? Listen, the last few albums have not been our favorites. Uh, Casey Musgraves, Whitney Houston, Santana. Uh, Herbie Hancock. I liked Santana. Well, I liked Whitney Houston. You know, the Whitney Houston. (laughs) These albums all got like 30s, Nikki. 
Anyway, thank Henry, you, Henry. It was for great to have on. you on. Thank Henry, you very was, much. It was, it was so nice. a pleasure to be here. This was fun. Uh, I agree. I'm glad you could join us at the end of all things. You know, actually, hey, the, the album kind of fits. We're at the end of the podcast. They're at the end hey. of existence. Hey. All right, everyone. And as always, you can follow this podcast on twitter.com slash the Grammy Boys. You can follow Nikki Kulai on Twitter and Instagram at Nikki Kulai. Follow his music on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you can find your favorite music. And you can follow this podcast on all those same platforms. Give us a five star review. Follow us, Nikki, and the episode. Give Jake Paul a Grammy. Yeah. I lose today. <laughs> evil villain phase. (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a nice night. (laughs) 